When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Pop Culture Confidential, and I'm Christina Yerling Biru. Wow. Yes. Yes. Uh, thank you all. Um, that may have been uh, one of the greatest moments of my career just now, um, because my name was called for King Richard sitting next to Venus Williams. <laughs> hey, everyone. Welcome to Pop Culture Confidential, and welcome Eric Anderson, Editor-in-Chief at Awards Watch. Thanks so much. This was a really fun night. SAG really has kicked things off. Just now, award season supplied us some much-needed respite from a scary world. First precursor to the Oscars, the SAG Awards Screen Actors Guild just finished, and we're going to talk about it. I want to run through the winners, but Eric first. Thoughts on the ceremony, fashion, moments, atmosphere? Go. <laughs> um, there were some good fashion moments at, in the beginning. The the men, though, still were pretty sedate, pretty calm. There was not a whole lot of fun and flair. Cody Smith McPhee went in all white, looked really good. Uh, Ian Bowen from uh, Yellowstone had a really cool purple and blue, like, leaf print suit and it was really fun but most of the most of the men were kind of boring there was some fun fun stuff uh from the women um french dresser looked incredible just absolutely stunning she's the president right of the of SAG. she is the new president of sag after yes and her speech was actually very funny too and that's usually you know one of those hey this is go get a drink or go to the bathroom moments but <laughs> but she was she was quite funny uh, it was a good uh, ceremony, I think. Overall, it was hostless, and they had tried to work. I had tried uh, using a host a couple of years ago. Kristen Bell was uh, the first time they had ever used a host for the SAG Awards, and it's honestly, it's one of the things that keeps the show at two hours. This, I mean, they do television and film, just like the Golden Globes, right. but without you know a whole bunch of numbers and montages and host time, you know, they can keep that trimmed down and they only went over a couple of minutes. At the end of the show, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about some of the new things that Oscar has come up with, but uh, I'll keep it there for now. Okay, okay. <laughs> Yeah, there was a few, like Michael Keaton got stuck in the bathroom. That was a fun moment. He was supposed to get his award and then he suddenly wasn't there, had to run. Well, you know, it's it's funny because I'm not sure if he thought he was going to win or if many people thought he was going to win. But it was also much later in the night uh, for that award. They had gotten all of the television awards out of the way 
uh, and comedy and drama stuff before the limited series ones, which is a little bit of a surprise. Uh, so I think he might have just miscalculated the the timing of it, or as he said, just a really long line in the bathroom, <laughs> which you know was a great Christine Lottie uh, at the Golden Globes kind of moment. But and it was really funny, and him you know rolling up onto the stage was really funny. But he turned you know one of the the greatest moments, the funniest moments of the night, uh, not to mention poor Sama Hayek standing there. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I had stage fright. That was hilarious. Uh, but then he turned it into a speech that was so moving and so riveting. My God. Uh, he was, you know, one of the the few presenters and, and winners that uh, spoke about Ukraine. Uh, but then it turned very personal about family members that he had lost to opiate crisis, which is what Dope Sick, uh, the limited series that he won for, was about. And that was that was really quite something. Yeah, who wants to hear Mike ramble on for a couple hours? But I'm so blessed to do what I do and so fortunate. And I'm only going to speak for myself. I have a job where I can be part of a production like Dope Sick, or worth, thank you, or whatever, that actually can spawn thought, conversation, actual change. Who gets to have that job? Seriously, how fortunate am I that good can come from something that I do just because I wanted to become an actor? There's massive inequity in the world. In Dope Sick, when you talk about addiction, the way to heal the problem is to accept that you have a, a problem. Not our country. The entire world, economically, racially, socially, financially, there's massive inequity in the world. There just is. There's fair and there's unfair. There's not a lot of room in between. I can feel right now the rolling thunder of eye-rolling coming across people saying to me things like, shut up and dribble, shut up and act. The act thing, I'll quit. The shutting up, not so much. I am blessed to be able to do something that might improve someone's life. I'm the most fortunate person. I swear to God, I'm so grateful for things like this. This is nice. I would tell you, we have a fellow actor in Zelensky who deserves some credit tonight for fighting the fight. I've sent out my preemptive thanks to everyone involved in this, especially Marnie. But mostly... Given the subject matter, this is for my nephew Michael and my sister Pam. I lost Michael. I lost my nephew Michael to drugs, and it hurts. 
This is my sister, Pam. Thanks. Um, let's continue with TV. So a lot of winners for Squid Game. Were you surprised? I was a little bit surprised. Uh, the stunt win, I think, was a great, you know, that happened before the show started. Uh, and I think I thought it had a really good chance of, of winning the top prize, but l- less so the the individual acting wins. Uh, but I thought that was just extraordinary. And it kind of just spoke to the the progress that parasites set in motion Mm -hmm. uh as well as obviously the show being such a massive massive hit and kudos to netflix for taking that and running with it because they could have just kind of left it uh as this big international blockbuster hit but they went real serious with it uh, for awards consideration. And that rarely happens for non-English language shows and films even. So uh, it was it was the right thing to do and I'm glad they did and clearly it's paying off. And what about the other TV awards actor-wise? Yeah, Kate Winslet, no surprise there. Uh, Jason Sudeikis, no surprise. Gene Smart, no surprise. <clears throat> They're all just kind of continuing their their final step in in their awards run that that they did with uh, the Emmys. So not to, yeah, no surprises there. I, you know, maybe it was kind of hoping for one, but <clears throat> but yeah, there there wasn't. But then Succession, you know, finally kind of pulling off the the ensemble win away from Squid Game. I guess that was a little bit of a surprise because things things look like they were going to go for this uh, Squid Game sweep. And first we were all thinking, or I was thinking, that the succession would get more of the actor awards. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm happy about the ensemble. I think it was a pretty good um, a split there. Yes, and Brian Cox had that fantastic mask. Fuck off mask. <laughs> clearly did not have time to blur that out. <laughs> All right, let's go to film. This is exciting. This is turning Oscar uh, several things here that were a surprise to me that will be interesting running forward towards Oscar, and one of them is actress. What yeah. happened here? <laughs> well, you know, it either I either got my predictions right or my runner-up uh, or spoiler was was the winner. So I, I felt like I had a pretty good on on how it was gonna go of course eric um but <laughs> and it was still it was actually really shocking that the the uh supporting uh categories for motion picture were the first things they did it's like they didn't do tv to kind of kind of work you into the the awards mode they went right into the the film ones but yeah jessica justain i did have kidman predicted uh, but Chastain was was my number two, just behind her. And you know, Kidman has never won an individual SAG uh, for film. She's only won one, and that was for Big Little Lies. But she's been nominated a dozen times, mm-hmm. so it sort of seemed like like this is where it was going to go for her. And she gets, you know, she won the Globe, and it just like. Here we go. We're going to have a coronation the same way that you know Will Smith and and Ariana DeBose are clearly having theirs, but that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> 
And what that means now, very likely, is that we're going to have what we had last year in this category. And that's a different winner for all four precursors. Maybe, maybe. Uh, Critics' Choice could still go for like Kidman or Chastain since they're not happening uh, for the next two weeks. And they moved their voting off as well. Now they have the benefit of knowing the SAG winners, which they don't normally. So, you know, just knowing how kind of the Critics' Choice sometimes just want to go for what they think is going to be an Oscar winner, I could see them move in the direction of Chastain. But it should be Kristen Stewart. She is the overwhelming Critics' winner from 25 Critics' groups. So for her not to win there would be a little silly. Um, But yeah, it's, it's it's really interesting, especially now that we... That now that we you know know that none of the none of the Oscar nominees are uh, BAFTA nominees, so that's definitely going to be somebody different. So it all hangs in the balance of critics' choice. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of her speech? Uh, I liked it. I, I like her. She just she works so damn she hard. Does and she doesn't get a lot of this recognition. Uh, so I'm. Yeah, I'm 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 here for it. I liked it. This liked year her. she has worked. She has hustled. I oh my god, since Venice forward and all the incredible projects, difficult projects um she's mm-hmm. done. No, I have I I think it's going to be it would be fun if it was if it took her all the way to the Oscars actually. I know that people are very oh, divided too. about the movie, but as a performance I think it's incredible. I think it would be pretty neat. And then Will Smith, one who I also thought that's just a wonderful speech too. Um, and he was sitting next to, was it Venus Williams? Serena. And uh, that was a really nice speech. And we haven't seen a lot of him during um, award season yet. So I hope this is beginning. <laughs> no, we haven't. <laughs> yeah, I, it is very, very same. It was a good, good speech, a long speech. Um, and he was getting emotional because this is his first real industry award. Uh, in his career. He's wow. never had anything at this Long level. Time coming. Yeah. So he's, you know, I, I don't think he's kind of like taking it for granted, but I, I mean, I, I made a comment. I was like, don't, don't worry, Will, you're going to have more speeches in the next month <laughs> uh, because, you know, they were, they were trying to get him off the, uh, the stage and he was running a little bit long, but you know, you can't, you can't, do this kind of thing with the expectation that you'll be able to follow it up in a in a week with another speech you have to say everything that you want and, and feel in that moment like it's going to be your last and he did i, I just thought he, was, mm-hmm. he just felt genuinely happy i'm, I'm happy for him and you mentioned yeah. the wonderful ariana debose who won for west side story supporting that was expected but still lovely yeah, her and Will Smith are going to, they are going to be the two that run all the, everything, every precursor all the way to that Oscar. That's your prediction. Yeah, it's, that's, that's, that seems pretty easy now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
And then Troy Kotsur, who won for CODA for Best Supporting. Absolutely wonderful. Not quite as expected, but now I think he may be going all the way. Yeah, I mean, the timing has been really great for the film, and you could sort of feel this tide change even before the show tonight. Uh, and, you know, I, I ultimately kept Cody Smith McPhee as my prediction, but in the back of my head, this just felt more right. And the, the timing was just, is just really perfect. It's, there's an emotional uh, connection to a win like this, a sentimental one. Uh, there is a progressive nature to this win and yeah, Coda also clearly won. and Coda won the the ensemble. ensemble cast but he's also very clearly a a great speech giver too he is funny and warm and silly and I think I think you know people are going to want to see more of that people like good speeches absolutely and I love the Coda trajectory I mean we saw it over a year ago at Sundance, um, Apple paid $25 million for this movie. It just And it just kept going and steamrolling. Then it seemed to be sort of out of the conversation for a while until like a couple months ago where it was back. And these actors have also worked really, really hard during awards season. Yeah, very much. I thought it was really, really funny too when, when Marley Matlin even mentioned the... Uh, the $25 million buy that, that Apple did. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, but uh, yeah, it is. It's had like a really funny ebb and flow because I think we've discussed before, you know, the decision by Apple to, to release it in August and not give it any more festival run was a bit of a surprise. And for me, that was like, that's, this is kind of like a, you're putting it in a dead zone mm -hmm. uh, and everything else, all these festival movies are going to come in and take all the oxygen uh, of, of the season. And it has been able to be, you know, the, the little engine that could, I mean, it's not on the level of a, you know, power of the dog or Belfast or Dune or West side story with the amount of nominations that it has at the Oscars, but it has, it has enough and, I, I think Kotzer really positioned himself tonight in a good place. Yeah, you, you see him advancing in the Oscar race as well. Yeah, I do. He's going to win the Spirit Award. Uh, BAFTA will be interesting to see how that plays out, but I could see him win there too, actually. So finally, just in terms of SAG going forward to Oscar, what were your big takeaways? I, the big takeaway was, I guess, the continued underperformance of Belfast. Mm -hmm. Obviously, The Power of the Dog underperformed as well. It didn't win anything. And it was really only in contention for supporting actor. Um, even though I think it was probably number two in lead actor and supporting actress. And obviously now probably supporting <laughs> actor. Um, you know, you, you, you only get so far being number two all the way. Uh, so it was interesting and it, this kind of, this comes the day after the USC scripter, uh, which rewards adapted screenplays and the source material and the power of the dog lost to the lost daughter. That was a surprise, a surprise, a really big surprise. Lost daughter still 
one of my absolute biggest film moments of the year. So that was fine with me. I really think that's an incredible oh. adaptation of a, a very yes. difficult adaptation of a very interior Ferrante book that she did amazingly. So I was really happy that they that they went that direction. Yeah, no, you, no argument from me there at all. Um, but it is it is interesting that we have these two front runners in Belfast and Power of the Dog, and each of them are are already stumbling, you know, as we get to just kind of the beginning of, of this second phase. But before I let you go, I have to ask you about these changes that the um, Academy has presented. In the telecast, eight of the major awards, including score, editing, production design, won't be presented at the telecast. They'll be given earlier and just sort of shown on the show. This is something they've said or threatened to do before and, and changed their minds, but... Um, what do you think of this? I hate it. I hate every single bit of it. I think it's horrid. I think it is uh, disrespectful and completely not what the Oscars are about. I think they are chasing a ghost, um, and they're 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 chasing a, a a group that doesn't care about the Oscars anyway. I don't know a single person that is going to suddenly say, oh, wow, cool. They're not going to do film editing. Now I'm going to watch the show. They're idiots. The Academy are absolute dingbats. I'm, I'm furious. And, and, and what they want to do is show more montage packages and more comedy and more um, <laughs> of all of these things. Yeah, exactly the point you're making. Who actually puts on their television because score will not be handed out? There's, I mean, there are, there are people that are fans of Hans Zimmer and Johnny Greenwood, who are the two front runners in that category, that I think would be pretty excited to see that. Um, you know, I think about what if they had done this in eight categories, different categories, uh, when Roger Deakins finally won mm -hmm. after 14 nominations. It's, they just, they don't think about any of that. They don't, they certainly aren't thinking about the audience that actually watches the show at all. It's, it's, it's disrespectful to them uh, as much as it is to every single craft person that works hard and would like a moment, even if it's just, you know, in the audience with everybody else. Who today is actually watching the Oscars for the humor and montages? I, I mean, it's just really, I, I understand that they have to do a really good TV production and they want to get people to watch the show and they want to get back to the, the glorious 90s or whatever we were watching, you know, things like that. But this is not the direction. As a TV producer, I can say this is not going to get people back. It's, it's really quite literally the opposite of what they should be doing. Instead of taking these categories away to try and create a more entertaining show, what they really should be doing is showing why these categories are important. Have the montage be about film mm -hmm. editing. Uh, have something be a, a, a really uh, gorgeous exploration of the original scores. They, they're constantly missing opportunities to engage with the, the audience and, and a potential audience uh, with, with something that is actually interesting, entertaining, and informative, and all of these things. And instead, you know, they're doing the, uh, the two voted on categories 
those are going to be in the show. Yeah, the Twitter ones. Yeah, and that's blowing up in their faces. Both that blew up in their face. How did they blow up in their face? Well, because so they were re- they released the the five finalists for the Oscars cheer moment, which when you read everybody's comments after it came out, most people thought that it was a only for 2021 films. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have The Matrix from 99 and you have uh, Jennifer Hudson singing And I Am Telling You from Dreamgirls, which was kind of like the one of these things is not like the other, <laughs> 2006. So it's a really strange lineup of things when you consider that it could have been anything from 100 years of filmmaking. Uh, so it's, you know, packed with superhero stuff and and it's just the there's a recency bias that is is kind of a, annoying but in the other one like the main thing that they did this for the the oscars fan favorite that is for a 2021 film and they haven't released any finalists for that and clearly the reason is because they're not getting the results that they intended it to be mm-hmm. It's not Spider-Man, which is really it what they Cinderella, wanted. It was Cinderella, It's the freaking Camilla Cabello's Cinderella movie and uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, which is apparently eligible and shouldn't have been. Uh, and then some like tiny fringe Johnny Depp movie. Because, you know, you once you invite the ability of, to mass vote from, you know, wild, crazy fans this is what you get <laughs> yeah it's it just strange they have no confidence in the academy has no confidence in that that the oscars are for film lovers and and the people who are really watching this show um and spending the time watching this show and they also have no confidence in that what we remember from the oscars are the live moments the lot the things that happen during the ceremony that they can't control they should sort of open up for the opportunity of even more live moments more pe- things happening on stage more uh moonlight la la land that wasn't a great moment for the for the winners <laughs> yeah i i'd rather i'd rather have it be something more like michael keaton tonight exactly. at the SAG Awards. you know people, that kind of fun stuff. speeches <laughs> you know what i mean it's the live moments yeah. that people remember that from the oscar telecast them itself not the taking away maybe, the- maybe somebody should lock ariana debose in the bathroom <laughs> Uh, at the Oscars and, and we can have one of those moments. And also a lot of the wonderfully wonderful speeches from the artisans that they're taking away are the ones we remember that are just so passionate and that this isn't a moment they usually don't get. It's, it's absolutely that. And especially with those, like the short categories and all that, you're, you're going to have people that are teenagers or, or young people that are going to be so inspired to see that and now they don't really get to see it or they're going to get to see a really clunkily edited version. Of yeah. It. Well, we'll see. We have a bit of a way to go in award season and you're all over it. So um, I will get back to you so we can talk again. Yes. We have exactly a month before the Oscars. Thank you so much, Eric. Thank you. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? 
did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.